is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. What do you do when, when one political party in this country is so thoroughly corrupt and power-hungry that they will undermine the country, undermine our grand institutions to gain power? That's what was on display in these hearings on Capitol Hill today. I know people are mocking them. I know people are saying it was a clown show. But it was a clown show because of Mr. Strzok and because of the Democrats. Many of the Republicans were actually trying to get information. They were heckled. They were interrupted. They were disrespected. Every time the Republicans began to really focus in Sheila Jackson Lee, or one of the other clowns on the committee. Point of order, Mr. Chairman, point of order. Regular order, Mr. Chairman, regular order, having nothing to do with anything. And not only were they obstructing this hearing, they were praising Mr. Strzok. One member of Congress, as you will hear later, even thought he should receive the Purple Heart. Many of you listening out there have received a Purple Heart. Do you think Mr. Stroke deserves a Purple Heart? So this is a big problem in this country. I remember the day when there were actually Democrat leaders, members of Congress, who were patriotic. I really do. Who would not have put up with a senior FBI agent like this. And they would have been concerned about it. They would have been concerned about... How senior officials in the FBI have poisoned the institution, undermining the other 20,000 or so employees at the FBI who are hardworking patriots, many of whom are heroes. They'd be appalled by this. I remember the day when the media, as bad as the media are, when the media would have been repulsed by this. Mr. Stroke is prominent because of what Mr. Stroke wrote. His texts. Now, he makes a fine point during the hearings today, and they're still going on, in which he says that the inspector general didn't actually say that he did anything that was biased in terms of the investigation. But that the fact is that he had these personal views and so forth and so on. Suggested he was biased, at least of mine, but it doesn't mean he actually did anything biased in the course of the investigations. Well, of course that's false. It's an FBI agent, a senior FBI agent in charge of one investigation and influential in another investigation, Clinton and Trump. But I want to draw your attention to the ethics handbook of the Department of Justice. My wife, Julie, drew my attention to it, and she's right. General Principles of Ethical Conduct, Section 14, Item 14. Listen. 
employees shall endeavor to avoid any actions creating the appearance that they are violating the law or ethical standards set forth in this part. Whether particular circumstances create an appearance that the law or these standards have been violated shall be determined from the perspective of a reasonable person with knowledge of the relevant facts. The inspector general concluded that Mr. Stroke created the appearance of a conflict. That's the test. That's good enough. And there's a reason for that, because Mr. Stroke brought disfavor not just about himself, but the institution of the FBI. Now, I love the institution of the FBI. When I worked over at the Department of Justice, I had nothing but respect for the institution of the FBI. And that goes today, too. It is these people at the top of the FBI who clawed their way to the top to these powerful positions who think there's some kind of, of God. With life and death control over campaigns, life and death control over individuals and organizations. We saw it at the IRS. The abuses at the IRS, they weren't targeting left-wing groups. They didn't target Planned Parenthood or the ACLU or CARE or any of them. They targeted Tea Party groups exclusively. Mr. Stroke and the other senior officials at the FBI targeted the Trump campaign. And protected the Hillary campaign. This is not in dispute, despite what the Democrats did at the hearing today. Period. And we got to see Mr. Stroke, who's a weasel. He is a complete weasel. Now, most of you in my audience, the smartest audience in radio, you work for a living. And don't have time to watch hearings during the course of the day. We're going to play some of these clips, not because I like to play clips, but you got to hear this for yourself. But just know that throughout the day, one of the things that bothers me is these so-called analysts on radio and TV. They, well, it was a clown show. In other words, everything's relative. The Republicans, the Democrats, so nobody's hard on the Republicans and I, or the Democrats for that matter. But the Republicans didn't create this clown show today. The Democrats went into this with an organized strategy. To attack the Republicans, to smear the president of the United States, to protect Mr. Stroke. The Democrats never cared about the FBI any more than they cared about the Baltimore Police Department or the Ferguson Police Department. They hate law enforcement, even to this day. Let's close down ICE. Let's eliminate ICE. Well, what do you think ICE is? ICE is law enforcement. So they hate law enforcement, just like they hate the military. They've always loved the Russians. All of a sudden, they don't like the Russians. Really quite appalling. So let's get started. Let's get into some of this. Peter Stroke at the hearing today. Now just listen to this condescending, narcissistic egomaniac. Cut one, go. I understand we're living in a political era in which insults and insinuation often drown out honesty and integrity. But the honest truth is that Russian interference in our elections constitutes a grave attack on our democracy. Stop. So what, Mr. Stroke, did you do about it? You went after the Trump campaign. What did Barack Obama do about it? Almost nothing. What did Loretta Lynch, the attorney general, do about it? Almost nothing. What did Mr. Brennan do? 
John Brennan of the CIA? Almost nothing. How about Jim Clapper? What did he do? Head of national intelligence. Almost nothing. What did Mr. Comey do? Almost nothing. What did Mr. Mueller do a few years before when he was FBI director? Almost nothing. Yes, Russian interference in our elections, and I will tell you, is a grave attack on our constitutional system. And it occurred on their watch. And they didn't do a damn thing to stop it. And you'll remember in the August of 2016, when Susan Rice was informed about it, she specifically told the people who had the responsibility at the White House to stop it, to confront it, to stand down. And there's Mr. Stroke lecturing us. They lecture us like we love the Russian government, like we love Putin. I despise the Russian government and I despise Putin. I'm not a code pink Republican. It's we conservatives who want to beef up the United States military in the face of what China's doing, Russia's doing, North Korea and Iran. It's the Democrats who have been eviscerating the United States military. Let's go. Disturbingly, it has been wildly successful, sowing discord in our nation and shaking faith in our institutions. And you didn't do a damn thing about it, you two-timer. Not a damn thing. Go ahead. I have the utmost respect for Congress's oversight role, but I strongly believe today's hearing is just another victory notch in Putin's belt and another milestone in our enemy's campaign to tear America apart. What a sleazeball. So he's wrapping himself in condescension. He is a more moral and ethical man than anyone who would dare question him. The inspector general condemned him. Even Mueller removed him from his investigative team. Of course, only after the inspector general pointed it out. And so in order to have an oversight hearing... For the American people, that's why it's public. This is our Congress. It's our FBI. These people work for us. Everything can't be done in secret. So to have a public hearing is to serve Putin. That is a very demented mind. Trey Gowdy at the hearing today. Cut to go. It was the existence of your bias that got you kicked off. No, Mr. Gowdy, it wasn't. I do not have bias. My personal opinions in no way. Well, then why did you get kicked off? Why'd you get kicked off? Mr. Gowdy, my understanding of why I was kicked off was that based on an understanding of those texts and the perception that they might create. Well, hang stop, on. Hang stop, on. stop. He's talking about kicked off the Mueller team. I read you purposely and specifically the section of the ethics code for people who work for the Department of Justice. The appearance of bias, the appearance of a conflict. You have to be Helen Keller not to see what the hell's going on here. Based on this man's own writings. This is called direct evidence. It is direct evidence. It is, if you will, documentary evidence. It's the best kind of evidence you can have. Go ahead. Struck. Hang on a second. Perception. You're saying it was the perception there are 13 Democrats on the special counsel probe, including one who went to what he hoped was a victory party. That's a perception problem, too. They weren't kicked off. You were. Why were you kicked off? 
Mr. Gowdy, I cannot speak to Special Counsel Mueller. How long did you talk to him? reasons why he did or did. How long did you talk to him when he let you go? Uh, witness answer the question. Witness will be afforded the opportunity. My recollection is it was a short meeting, somewhere between 15 to 30 minutes, probably around 15 minutes. And your testimony is Bob Mueller did not kick you off because of the content of your text. He kicked you off because of some appearance that he was worried about. Sure. My testimony, what you asked and what I responded to was that he kicked me off because of my bias. I'm stating to you it is not my understanding that he kicked me off because of any bias, that it was done based on the appearance. If you want to represent what you said accurately, I'm happy bias to Bias or the appearance of bias, it doesn't matter, pal. Ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me give you a, a, a parallel example. When you go to court and you're in front of a, a state or federal judge, you expect that state or federal judge to look at your case without bias. Or even the appearance of bias. You want a fair shake. You have facts, you have law, you hire a lawyer. You need and want a fair shake. That's the justice system. And if a judge can be shown to have an appearance of bias or an actual bias, you can move to have another judge hear your case, move to have that judge dismissed from your case. The problem here is these investigations are done in secret. They're done in the dark. The subject of the investigation, or if you will, the target of the investigation, has no way of knowing what's going on. These text messages, they weren't revealed by Mr. Mueller. They were revealed by the Inspector General's office. By Horowitz, Michael Horowitz. Mr. Stroke had a hate for Donald Trump. He had a hate for Donald Trump's supporters and voters. Mr. Stroke should have dismissed himself from the investigation. Conversely, Mr. Stroke was passionately supportive of Hillary Clinton. He should not have had anything to do with that investigation. Neither should his girlfriend, Lisa Page. When we say justice is blind or equal justice of the law, that's exactly what we mean. It's not a race thing. It's a person thing. We all have an absolute right to being treated equally under the law, whether it's a federal judge, whether it's an FBI agent, whatever the situation. Mr. Stroke violated that. Whether an actual bias, a political bias, or the appearance of bias, it doesn't matter. He's out. Go ahead. But I don't appreciate... What was originally said being changed? I don't give a damn what you appreciate, Agent Strzok. I don't appreciate having an FBI agent with an unprecedented level of animus working on two major investigations during 2016. Exactly right. Exactly right. Now, we're going to continue with this as I break it down. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Dan Bongino for filling in yesterday. I had to uh, leave town at the last minute. Folks, I don't just leave this microphone for fun. If I do it, I have to do it. So if uh, 
member of the family is ill or a friend is ill, I leave the microphone. It's not the only reason, but it happens from time to time. Uh, and I'm not going to get into it any more than that, but just let you know that uh, uh, I don't take advantage of my role here and leave because I can leave. I probably take less time off than any other host. I mean, I don't know, not competing, uh, but uh, just the way it is sometimes. You know, just like the Democrat onslaught against Brett Kavanaugh, not legitimate questions about Obamacare and so forth and so on, but these outrageous, insane allegations. As we've been talking about the last several weeks, even before his nomination, the Democrat problem is with the Constitution of the United States. They hate it. As they must, because they're status progressives. They reject it, just as they reject the Declaration of Independence. We've spent a lot of time on this. Well, they hate the FBI, too. They hate the rule of law, unless they can use it against somebody else. But they do not want it applied to themselves. And so by holding up Mr. Strzok, they continue to trash the FBI. By holding up a bad cop, as I call them, they're demeaning the good cops over there at the FBI. They don't care about law and order. They're the anti-law and order party. I'm going to get into this in more detail, the hearings that took place today. We have a lot to do today, actually, but this is very, very important. We'll be right back. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. One of the slimy little reprobates uh, sitting behind Stroke, guy with a uh, five o'clock shadow, maybe he's trying to grow a beard, relatively short, kind of dwarf-like figure. Uh, big ears, yeah. That guy uh, keeps kind of, have you noticed, Mr. Producer? Uh, looking over to the Democrat side uh, for help as the Republicans ask questions. And I'll tell you what I've noticed. The Republicans are asking questions. The Democrats are attacking the Republicans. The Republicans are asking questions. The Democrats are defending Mr. Stroke. The Republicans are asking questions. The Democrats are attacking the President of the United States. When's the last time the Democrats defended the Federal Bureau of Investigation? They claim to defend it today. How so? How do they defend the Federal Bureau of Investigation today? Defending Mr. Stroke is not defending the FBI. Defending Mr. Comey is not defending the FBI. Defending Mr. McCabe, who they used to defend, but now is under criminal uh, investigation, that's not defending the FBI. Top levels of the FBI have leaked. They've obstructed. Uh, They've done all kinds of nasty things. That if you or I did it, in the course of an investigation or running our businesses and so forth, we'd be where Mr. Manafort is. But for the Democrats to praise Mr. Stroke like he's a Medal of Honor winner, like he's done something patriotic for the country, really exposes them. Truthfully, that's why these hearings are important. Because every time we have a hearing like this, or the Supreme Court uh, appointment hearing, it is an opportunity to learn about the Democrats. We will learn during the course of the Kavanaugh hearings 
not things that you and I want to know about his views in more particularized fashion about uh, Obamacare and so forth. That is, how he analyzed it, not whether he likes it or not. But you're going to learn they have nothing but absolute dripping contempt for the Constitution. Period. Let's hope the Republicans point that out, but they won't. What we've learned from today's hearing, which is still going on, is they have absolute dripping contempt for the rule of law. Mr. Stroke might as well have been working for the Russians. Mr. McCabe might as well have been working for the Russians. Mr. Comey, who's deaf and blind to everything, apparently, that was taking place under him, might as well have worked for the Russians. He's put his hand, his finger on the scale of justice to help Hillary Clinton. And then after Donald Trump fired his ass, he's done nothing but tried to take out Donald Trump. I, I love it when I hear everybody now talking about a soft coup. Soft coup, Mr. Producer. We used to call that a silent coup on this show. Remember that? Everybody, oh, it's a soft coup. It's a silent coup. As I've been saying, it's a soft... No, you haven't been saying it. This silent coup as opposed to a, you know, a, a military coup. This silent coup, which is the proper phrase... This has been taking place since the Obama years. Since the Obama years. It didn't just happen with the election of Trump. It's continued through the election of Trump. And I really love hearing some of these never-Trumpers all over the media now. Some of these guys and gals who didn't even vote for Trump in the general election now trying to have it both ways. If they had succeeded, we'd be dealing with Hillary Clinton. We wouldn't know who Peter Stroke is. We wouldn't know any of this. None of it. Now I'm going to play something for you. It's going to be painful. It's going to be painful for me. Because it's a couple minutes long, but it gets to the heart of this. A Peter Stroke to Trey Gowdy. You're going to hear some jerk by the name of Cicilline from uh, Rhode Island. He's a real slob. Real slob. Dumb guy. But it's really Stroke who I want you to hear. And then I want you to hear what happens at the end. Cut three, go. The chair recognizes the gentleman from Maryland, Mr. Cummings. Oh, point of Mr. Mr. Chairman, Chairman, can I respond to Answer the questions that you promised him he would have an opportunity to answer. Does we endured 15 minutes of badgering of the witness. Could he be allowed now to answer as you promised, Mr. Chairman? The gentleman will suspend. The witness at any time can ask for additional time that, the, to respond. The loudmouth is the guy from Rhode Island. I know he sounds like a female, but, he, he, but, I, but I can... Well, anyway, go ahead. First question, if the, the time has been uh, you ended. You you were going to give him that opportunity at the end. I am of giving him that opportunity. Mr. Chairman, may I respond to Yes, you, you may. Yes, you got it. Sir, I think it's important when you look at those texts that you understand the context Stroke. in which they were made and the things that were going on across America. In terms of the text that we will stop it. You need to understand that that was written late at night, off the cuff, and it was in response to a series of events that included then-candidate Trump insulting the immigrant family of a fallen war hero. And my presumption... Then you should have stepped down, sir. You shouldn't have been investigating him. If you cannot put that aside, whomever it is, whatever they've done politically, whether you like it or not, you're an investigator. There's a rule of law. We call it justice. Justice. But you couldn't. And you wouldn't. That's the point.
Go ahead. That horrible, disgusting behavior that the American population would not elect somebody demonstrating that behavior to be president of the United States. Oh, are you it talking w- about somebody who has befriended and been close friends with a domestic terrorist by the name of Bill Ayers or, or his wife, Bernadine Dorn? Are you talking about that? Or somebody who spent 20 years in a, in a church with a, uh, with a minister by the name of uh, Jeremiah Wright? Are you talking about that? You talking about the the deputy chairman or was of the DNC, Keith Ellison, who had close ties to Ferenkoff and made absolutely outrageous anti Semitic comments? You talking about that? You talking about Hillary Clinton who violated the Espionage Act not once, not twice, but dozens of times? No, apparently not. None of that moved him. Go ahead. No way, unequivocally, any suggestion that me, the FBI, would take any action whatsoever to improperly impact the electoral... Notice how he says, me, the FBI. He's not the FBI. The FBI didn't make those texts. The FBI wasn't cheating on his wife. The FBI, all the FBI, the family of the FBI, they weren't involved in the cover-up of Hillary. And the outrageous investigation that still goes on of Trump world? That's you, Mr. Stroke. That's not the FBI. You're the bad cop, brother. Go ahead. For any candidate. So I, I take great offense and I take great disagreement to your assertion of what that was or wasn't. As to the 100 million to one, that was clearly a statement made in jest and using hyperbole. I, of course, recognize that millions of Americans were likely to vote for candidate Trump. But millions of Americans were not FBI agents at the top of the, the bureaucracy. <coughs> millions of Americans weren't involved in an investigation. You were. You were. And those rules that apply to the FBI and others at the Department of Justice don't apply to me or my listeners. They apply to you, pal. You. Go ahead. Acknowledge that is absolutely their right. That is what makes our democracy such a vibrant process that it is. But to suggest somehow that we can parse down the words of shorthand. So what makes our democracy vibrant is when FBI agents do what you did? This guy has no shame. He was slapped around by the inspector general. Even the partisan hack, Bob Mueller, had to remove him in order to cover his own butt. This guy has no shame. You cheat on your wife. I know everybody's blowing this off. You cheat on your wife. And you get up there and you act snarky. You act like you're morally superior and you're ethical. This guy's got got a couple of screws loose. He really does. Go ahead. Like there's some contract and by the way, some of you out there say that's not an issue. It's an issue to me if somebody ever did that. It should be an issue to you. What are you talking about? You take a solemn vow? It's an issue, right? It's brought up about Trump every day. I left and right, left and right, left and right. But he was subject to the vote. This guy's not subject to the vote. And by the way, that guy I just described behind him keeps handing him notes, 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 like he's a parakeet. Go ahead. Is simply not consistent with my or most people's use of text messaging. I can assure you, Mr. Chairman, at no time, 
in any of these texts did those personal beliefs ever enter into the realm of any action I took. Not only don't I believe you, I believe you are a pathological serial liar, whether it's personal or otherwise, but that's not the test, and the Republicans have kind of screwed up on this. It's the appearance of bias. Not that, oh, it's bias. It's not an appearance of bias. It doesn't matter under the Department of Justice ethics rules. Bias or appearance of bias are treated exactly the same way. Go ahead. This isn't just me sitting here telling you you don't have to take my word for it. At every step, at every investigative decision, there are multiple layers of people above me, the assistant director, executive assistant director. Yes, yes, there was McCabe and there was Comey. We're well aware of this. Go ahead. And multiple layers of people below me, section chiefs, supervisors, unit chiefs, case agents and analysts, all of whom were involved in all of these decisions. They would not tolerate any improper behavior in me any more than I would tolerate it in them. That is who we are as the FBI. You got caught, Mr. Stroke. None of them knew what you were doing behind the scenes. You got caught. And now you're out there beating your chest. Moral indignation coming from you, a two-timer. Go ahead. ...that I, in some dark chamber somewhere in the FBI, would somehow cast aside... All of these procedures, all of these safeguards, and somehow be able to do this is astounding to me. It simply couldn't happen. And the proposition that that is going on, that it might occur anywhere in the FBI, deeply corrodes what the FBI is in American society. There he is. He's wrapping himself in the American flag. This fool, this pompous, snarky fool, wrapping himself in the FBI and the American flag. You don't represent the FBI, pal. And you do not deserve the purple heart like one of these Democrat buffoons said. I'll get to that later. Go ahead. The effectiveness of their mission, and it is deeply destructive. These are the Democrats applauding. The Democrats, it goes on, applauding the guy. I'll be right back. Mark the summer inventory clearance sale from Chamonix. Right now, when you order Genesel, you will get the new Genesel eyelid lift for droopy, saggy eyelids free. That's right, free today. And for the first time ever, you'll also get the world-famous Crystal's Microderm Abrasion also free. Yes, the best sale of the year just got better. Here's Claire from Raleigh, North Carolina. She said, I've been using your products for three days. My husband already noticed the texture of my skin. It's looking so good. It feels nice and smooth with lots of moisture. The bags under my eyes are minimal now. So far, so good. Plus, with its immediate effects included, you'll see results in 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. So call 800-SKIN-604. That's 800-SKIN-604. Experience the power of looking and feeling your best every morning. Order today. Say goodbye to bags and puffiness tomorrow. Right now, express shipping is also free. Now's the time to call this number. Ready? 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Or you can go to Genesel.com, Genesel.com. But that's 800-SKIN-604. So I sit here. I listen to Mr. Stroke. I listen to the Democrats. 
And what do we are to conclude from this? What are we to conclude from this? We are to conclude that they wanted Mr. Stroke to succeed. We are to conclude that the Democrat Party, at least the leadership, had absolutely no quibble with the abuses at the FBI, the abuses of the FISA warrant process, the abuses of using the Hillary Clinton DNC dossier, the abuses of leaks, authorized leaks by Mr. McCabe, the abuses by Mr. Comey as it applies to Mr. Trump and the Trump campaign, the abuses by Mr. Stroke and Ms. Page, they don't have any problem whatsoever with totalitarianism. Well, what else do you call it? Now, I'm sure the backbenchers will pick up on that word just as they've picked up on the phrase silent or soft coup. They should. These are totalitarian tactics. What you've seen today, some of you who watch, some of you who've listened, or the clips I played for you, is a totalitarian mindset. The FBI is the most powerful law enforcement entity in the nation. It is a federal law enforcement entity. You had bad cops at the top who tried to influence our election. In fact, as I've said before, and I will say it again, they did more to interfere with the last election and almost succeeded than even the Russians, who we despise. Mr. Putin, who we despise. Lincoln said it. Jefferson said it. Others have said it. If this country is to fail, if this country is to be defeated, it will happen from within. The irony is, all the talk about Russia, and there ought to be a lot of talk about Russia, it was the Obama administration that turned the other cheek to Russia. It was the Obama administration that closed its eyes to Russia. It was the Obama administration that did nothing effective to stop the Russians. And it was the Obama administration that interfered in the last election. It's the Obama administration that poisoned the IRS, that poisoned the FBI, the top levels, and poisoned the top levels of our intelligence agencies. The man who should be testifying today, and I don't mean to be provocative, the man who should be answering questions is Barack Obama. This all occurred under Barack Obama. I don't believe there could be an effective hearing, given what the Democrats did in this hearing. The Democrats do not want to get to the bottom of this, because they have no problem with it. MSNBC is all for it. That's not a news operation at MSNBC. It's a bunch of hosts who are court gestures, clowns, buffoons. CNN has followed the same path. CNN is a MSNBC wannabe operation. Not exactly shooting high, are they? Washington Post, New York Times. There's no real investigative reporters there. There are status progressives who hate this president, hate Republicans, and hate conservatives. 
Same with the big three, NBC, ABC, and CBS. No different. All predictable. All driven by ideology. What took place at the highest levels of the FBI was an attempt to choose the President of the United States. And it is amazing that the sitting President of the United States at the time is not held in any respect to have any involvement, any knowledge, any role whatsoever. When in fact he had to. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, I'm not going to spend all night on this, but I do have more respect to the hearing today that you and I should discuss. By the way, on this NATO stuff, the president, uh, speaking to the Germans as he did, I'm very proud of what the president did. You know, when Barack Obama would go around the world trashing America, trashing Christians, the left would applaud. They were not offended in the least. When the president of the United States looks directly at the Germans, and says to them, you have the biggest economy in Europe. You're contributing like 1.5% GDP to military spending. Even less, one and a quarter percent or so. The deal we all made was 2%, which is minimal to begin with. Meanwhile, you shut down all your nuclear power plants, and you're buying 70% of your natural gas from the Russians. We're spending all this money to defend Europe... And ourselves, of course. From among others, but in particular, the Russians. You're giving them money. Because you can buy it from other European countries, natural gas. You can even buy it from us. You can buy it from the Middle East. At the same time, you're not putting up your fair share. Now, I thought that was tremendous. Now, if he had sat there and trashed America to Germany, you know what, you know, in old Barack Obama style, he would be celebrated by the same mouthpieces in the media and in the Democrat Party who are trashing them today. I don't agree with everything the president says about Putin and Russia. I never have. But that moment with NATO was spectacular. I didn't want to forget to mention that. More from today's hearing. Again, the hearing was not a joke. The Democrats are a joke. The Republicans are trying to get to the bottom of this catastrophe, what took place in the last election. You know, the Democrats pressured this weak-kneed Rod Rosenstein. Oh, he's a Republican. You know, He's really not. He's a registered Republican. But he is sort of a, how shall I put it, a bureaucrat. Spooky-looking bureaucrat, too. Isn't he, Mr. Producer, with the round glasses? It's, it's kind of a throwback. I don't want to say it, but, but it's kind of spooky-looking. These Republicans. Oh, they're great. You know, Susan Collins types Republicans. So all of a sudden, you're supposed to think, oh, they're partisan. No, trust me, they're not. At least not in the direction of a Republican Party. 
The chairman of the committee is Goodlatte. The chairman of the committee is also Trey Gowdy. They were holding a joint hearing, two committees. And uh, this guy's stroke was really ducking and bobbing and weaving and shucking and jiving. And when he wanted to, he'd say, I'm not allowed to talk about it. But then when they were trashing uh, the president and the Republicans, he was smirky. His uh, little uh, dwarf lawyer behind him, he was kind of smirky. I assume that's his lawyer. I don't know. Either that or a homeless person. So finally, Chairman Goodlatte said this. Cut five, go. I want to ask you in that first week. Well, actually, the buildup is uh, Gowdy, obviously, and then we get to uh, Goodlatte in the same clip. Go ahead. I want to ask you in that first week, we'll go ahead and up it to eight days. Between July 31st and August 8th, how many interviews did you conduct related to the alleged collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign? So, Congressman, as you know, counsel for the FBI based on the special counsel's equities, has instructed me not to answer questions about the ongoing investigation. I'm asking for a number. Russian attempts to interview. You know, he's asking him how many interviews he did. He's not asking him a single question about the substance of any interviews. And this is the, uh, really, truthfully, this is the obstruction that's taking place. Go ahead. I'm asking for a number. I haven't gotten to the names. How many people? Had you investigated, had you interviewed between the beginning of it on July 31st and August the 8th? It's an eight-day time period. We're a week into an investigation. How many people had you interviewed? Congressman, I understand your question. I appreciate it, and I would very much like to answer. But as I've stated, as you know, that counsel of the FBI, based on the special counsel's equities, have directed me not to answer any questions about the ongoing investigation into Russian attempts to interfere. So, so you the gentleman, the gentleman will suspend and the clock now, will suspend. Lad, Mr. Chairman. You are under subpoena and are required to answer the question. Are you objecting to the question? If so, please state your objection. Mr. Chairman, I object. Now that's Jerry Nadler, the slob from New York. Go ahead. It does not have standing Mr. to object. I, there is no point, point of order. No point of order well, here. The, the, the point of order. This went on all day as the Democrats just tried to undermine any effort to elicit legitimate answers from this reprobate. Go ahead. What's the general status point of order? My point of order is that intentionally or otherwise, this demand puts Mr. Strzok in an impossible position. He is still an employee of the FBI, and FBI counsel has instructed him not to answer the question. The gentleman, if we have a problem with this policy, we should take it up with the FBI. Not a point no. of order. Go ahead. Mr. Strzok, the gentleman's point of order is not well taken. It's right on point. No, it's not. And then it continues. Cut six. Go. Mr. Strzok, are you objecting to the question? And if so, please state your objection. Mr. Chairman, two things. One, I do not believe I am here under subpoena. I believe I am here voluntarily. Second, I will not, based on direction of the FBI, to me, based on that, I will now not that, answer Now, this is that. what's interesting. It's the FBI, at least that's at, the, at the senior levels, that's under investigation. And so he's been instructed by the FBI not to answer a question like this, which is really a, really a, a pro forma question. It doesn't get into substance whatsoever. And what Gowdy's trying to get at and others are trying to get at, you're biased. Or there's an appearance of bias. We see all these texts. We see the timing of these texts. We see what you were doing and what you were saying. And you were, you were the key man. 
over there at the FBI. You're the key man. That's why you were doing it. And so I want to know how many interviews you did related to the Russia investigation for Mr. Mueller. I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to answer. Go ahead. Because it goes to matters which are related to the ongoing investigations being undertaken by the special Mr. counsel's Strzok, office. You have not stated a valid legal basis for not responding to a question directed to you by a member of the United States House of Representatives, and you are overruled. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Your, uh, let me let me continue. Your testimony is essential to this hearing and to our oversight and information gathering functions with regard to the actions taken mm. and decisions made by the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau of Investigation in 2016 and 2017. I am specifically directing you to answer the question in response to our subpoena, notwithstanding your objection. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Strzok, please be advised that you can either comply with the committee's directive to answer the question or refuse to do so, the latter of which will place you at risk of a contempt citation and potential criminal liability. Point of do order. Do you understand that? Point of order, Mr. Chairman. The question is directed to the witness. And I have a point of order before he answers the question. The, the point of order is not well taken until... You don't know what the point of order is. You can't say it's not well the, taken. The point of order, the, the, the witness will answer the question. Mr. Chairman, I, have, I raise my point of order and I insist on it. What is the point of order? The United States Attorney's Manual instructs department personnel not to respond to questions about the existence of an ongoing investigation or comment on its nature or Oh, progress. knock it off, you idiot. The existence of an investigation? The investigators have been leaking to the media left and right. Not the subjects, not the targets, not the witnesses. The investigators have been leaking left and right. So everybody knows there's an investigation. Last time I checked, a special counsel was appointed. Last time I checked, he's in two federal courts. Last time I checked, he hired a bunch of Democrats to assist him. Last time I checked, we know their names. Is this a joke? No. These totalitarian methods. Mr. Nadler, who is as far left as they go. If he grew a beard, he'd look like Marx himself. Mr. Nadler is trying to sabotage these hearings. Mr. Nadler has no problem whatsoever with what Mr. Stroke did or Mr. McCabe or Ms. Page or Ms. Comey. Mr. <laughs> exactly. Or anyone else. They're just upset they got caught. They're just upset they didn't succeed. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. John Ratcliffe of Texas, a former prosecutor, too. He was outstandingly well. I just want you to hear this, too. Uh, this is Ratcliffe of Texas. Cut seven, go. You're asking us to believe that when you say things like F Trump and stop Trump and impeach Trump, that those are just personal beliefs. And that when you say those things, you never cross uh, that line, that bright, inviolable line 
uh, and allow it to impact your official conduct. That's really what this comes down to that you're asking us to believe, isn't it? Uh, sir, I'm asking you to believe and I'm offering you evidence. Yeah, well, you whether have. Whether it's the you IG did. report, you, whether it's it anything that's been found that there's been no yeah. active you, bias listen, found you have, anywhere. You have under oath been as clear as a bell on that. You've said it over and over again. And, and because of that, I'm almost embarrassed to ask you this question. Um, of the approximately 50,000 text messages that I've seen with your personal beliefs like F Trump, stop Trump, impeach Trump, go ahead and confirm on the record that none of that occurred on an official FBI device or on official FBI time. Go ahead and do that. Sir, no, they did. Many of them did. Oh, they did. Okay, so. 50,000, uh, sir. So, so really, no, I'll give you a chance at the end. So what you really meant to say was that when you said you never crossed that bright, inviolable line, what you meant to say was, except for 50,000 times, except for hundreds of times a day where I went back and forth expressing my personal opinions about effing Trump and stopping Trump and impeaching Trump on official FBI phones, on official FBI time. Other than that, you never cross that line. I'm sure there are 13,000 FBI agents out there that are beaming with pride at how clearly you've drawn that line. Agent Strucker, you're starting to understand why some folks out there don't believe a word you say and why it's especially troubling that you, of all people, are at the center of the three highest profile investigations in recent times that involve President Trump and that you were in charge of an investigation investigating, gathering evidence against Donald Trump, a subject that you hated, that you wanted to F him, to stop him, to impeach him. And do you see why that might call into question everything you've touched on all of those investigations? Chairman, uh, I'm done with this witness, and I yield back. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's talking to a judge. I'm done with this witness. Well, Louis Gohmert at the hearing today, he actually raised something a lot of people were thinking about, but a lot of Republicans are very skittish about this because they don't want all the Trump stuff to come up and so forth. They seem to think. If they don't confront Mr. Stroke on all issues, or whatever his name is, that somehow, that somehow that'll protect the president. It's absurd. Stormy Daniels was just arrested for using her boobs in a very, uh, how shall I say, inappropriate manner. But that was the allegation. All charges were dropped. So she can be a star guest on CNN and MSNBC all over again. They can bring her in on their conga line of goofballs. Just bring her in now. She's ready. She's been cleared. Here's Louis Gohmert at the hearing today. Cut nine. Go. No, the disgrace Mr. what this man has done. The gentleman from justice. Texas will suspend for a there moment. There is the disgrace. And it won't be recaptured anytime soon because of the damage you've done to the justice system. And I've talked to FBI agents around the country. You've embarrassed them. You've embarrassed yourself. And I can't help but wonder when I see you looking there with a little smirk, how many times did you look so innocent into your wife's eye and lie to her about Lisa? Uh, Mr. Chairman, this is outrageous. Stop, stop. It's outrageous. Oh, we can only talk about Trump that way. Oh, it's outrageous. Where's Gloria Allred? Oh, it's outrageous. Only Trump gets that treatment, not Mr. Stroke. Look how you're attacking the FBI by attacking Mr. Stroke. 
Now, I wouldn't have asked this question. You get five, six, eight minutes. But he did. So be it. All of a sudden, their moral hackles are up. They can call Trump a Nazi. They can call him worse than Kim Jong-un. Uh, they can call him a womanizer. They can call him a this. They can call him a that. Doesn't bother them. Louis Gohmert raises this question. All of a sudden, oh, my God. You can't ask him that. Why not? Now watch how the Democrats get all worked up. Go ahead. Shame always on you, Mr. Chairman. You, please, have you know, Chairman, this is intolerable harassment of the women. You need your medication. Oh, that's all right. Who's the idiot? You need your medication. Go ahead controls the time. So I ask that the witness be permitted to respond well, to you. He will be permitted to will be permitted Did you ever talk to Hillary Clinton during your investigation besides the one questioning you mentioned before that or after that to this day? Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Uh, shut you up, you idiot. I'm tired of this, Natalie. Like a parent. Point of order. Point of order. Probably want a cracker. Point of order. That's when they want to disrupt. Now, Representative Steve Cohen said something, and that didn't get the kind of reaction that Louis Gohmert did. You know why we give out Purple Hearts, right, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, we give out Purple Hearts because people in combat have been wounded, serving their country as heroes. Steve Cohen is a left-wing kook from Tennessee. He must have missed that that history lesson. Cut 11, go. If I could give you a Purple Heart, I would. You deserve one. This has been an attack on you in a way to attack Whoa, this Oh, hey, yeah, well, you can't say that. What, what about all the people at Purple Not a word. Apparently, that doesn't cross the line. Go ahead. And the investigation that is to get at Russia collusion involved in our election which is what this committee should be looking at, a direct strike at democracy. Well, if the committee were looking at actual collusion with the Russians, I assume that would take them to the question of why the Obama administration didn't do more to stop the Russians from interfering in our election. One of the reasons why they will not do that is because, number one, they didn't. And number two, you start picking at that scab, then you'll find the Obama administration interfered with the elections in Israel, tried to knock off Netanyahu, that they were using the same surveillance tactics against members of Congress and Jewish organizations like AIPAC. Remember all this? That they were listening in on conversations of the Prime Minister of Israel and the Ambassador to the United States from Israel. Remember that group? They set up that, that NGO, non-government organization that the State Department funded? Boy, you start picking at that scab, man. Well, there you go. I'll be right back. The Constitution Man, Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. By the way, let me for the thousandth time, tell you why Wikipedia is utterly unreliable and is controlled by the left. And I've mentioned it many times in the past. They say I'm married to somebody by the name of Julie Prince. I have no idea who Julie Prince is. 
I don't think I've ever met a Julie Prince. They may have me confused with another Mark Levin. You read that site and my name on that site, you will not recognize me. It's like it was written by Media Matters. So I'm just telling you, you can never rely on Wikipedia. It is a junk site run by nincompoops who clearly have a left-wing agenda, in my humble opinion. You know, nothing can put a dent in your summer plans quite like your car breaking down. You're hit with a huge repair bill out of nowhere, and all the money you saved for an island getaway now has to pay to fix your car. Well, when you have extended vehicle protection like I do for our Camaro, our 2010 Camaro from CarShield, you don't have to worry about these unwelcome surprises. Now look, if your car breaks down after the manufacturer's warranty expires, you could be out of pocket thousands to get it fixed. Replacing your engine alone costs thousands. Even a simple repair to a sensor can cost over $1,000. And there's nothing simple about today's cars, by the way. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide you 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs, and don't worry about missing out this summer. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection like I did. Call 800-CAR-6100, mention code LEVIN, or visit carshield.com, use code LEVIN. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, or call 800-CAR-6100, mention code LEVIN. I would do it immediately. A deductible may apply. I do it immediately. So you say, you know, I was going to do that, but something happened to the car. Now I can't get covered. Do it immediately. 800-CAR-6100, code LEVIN, or carshield.com, code LEVIN. Julie Prince. Who is Julie Prince, Mr. Producer? I don't know who Julie Prince is. Never heard of Julie Prince. I have what will be one of the most fantastic interviews for you this Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific with a man who I've admired for decades, really, by the name of Shelby Steele. He is a very courageous man. He's an African-American. He's a very courageous man for the things he says. He speaks the truth. And we get into issues like the football players, most of whom are kneeling, are African-American. We get into affirmative action. We get into white guilt, white privilege, all with quote marks around them. It is an absolutely fascinating discussion. I know because I just did it. Absolutely fascinating discussion with an absolutely brilliant man, and he is going to say things, and when that show's over, you're going to call family members and friends, and you're going to say, did you hear what Shelby Steele said? So I don't do anything fancy on this show, except I let people speak, which is very unusual on cable TV. You have to admit that. Not just Congress, but it's very, very unusual. And not just cable TV, network TV, satellite TV, local restaurant, and... uh, because I want to hear what they have to say. That's why it's so important to make sure that I'm interviewing somebody who has, you know, something important to say or something interesting to say or something we can learn from. But 
He's absolutely fascinating. I hope you'll you'll note that. Don't miss it Sunday. It's the way to wind down after the weekend. Uh, you know, with the back and forth and the back and forth. If somebody can get to Bernie Sanders and tell him that I'm very, very interested in debating him, very, very interested in debating him on radio or interviewing him on Life, Liberty, and Levin, that would be great because he's not answering our calls, I can tell you that. He's the one I want to talk to the most on the left. He's their uh, guide star. So I want to get into his philosophy. But so far, so not. Now, also, I wanted to mention Katie Turr. Now, most of you don't know who Katie Turr is. At a D to turn, you know what you get. Katie Turr is on MSLSD. It's hard to tell one host from the other on MSLSD. I'm not talking about physical features. I'm talking about what they say. If you just had a transcript, they all sound alike. They all say the same damn thing. And she's on MSLSD yesterday. Who pays her? She used to be a so-called reporter, a pseudo-reporter. And many of you have probably read this and seen this. I posted it immediately up on my Facebook and Twitter sites, which means, you know, I have, I, I'm of two minds on that. Number one, many of you follow me on Facebook and Twitter or friend me. And so I feel, you know, really, I want to keep communicating you on these, these socials, with you on these social sites, and I want to hear what you have to say in the comments section. So I'll keep doing that. But on the other hand, it kind of reveals to other people some of the things I might talk about. We are, we are followed. It's so weird. This business is so weird. Anyway, I won't even get into it. Katie Turr on the Constitution. Hat tip Washington Free Beacon. Cut 15, go. Based on where Americans stand on the issues, and Americans have really moved in a much more progressive direction over the years, do you think it's appropriate to continue to take such a, a strict originalist um, view of the Constitution, given it's, it's 2018 and not 1776? Now, some people have mocked her, reminding that 1776 was the year of the Declaration of Independence, not the Constitution. And oddly enough... I'm clear she doesn't know that, but you also know that the Constitution is the governing manifestation of the Declaration of Independence. So when she says a strict originalist view of the Constitution, given it's 2018 and not 1776, she's too stupid to know this, but you're really smart out there. There's something to that. In other words, the principles that undergird the Declaration are expressed in a governing context in the Constitution. But she doesn't know that. She's a dimwit. Now, in terms of interpreting the Constitution, the originalist view as opposed to a more progressive view, let me respond to Katie Turr directly. Tell me, Katie, do you have a mortgage? How do you interpret it? Through the originalist view or the progressive view? You have a car loan? How do you interpret the loan papers? Through an originalist view or a progressive view? Because times change, of course. How about your contract that you signed with MSLSD? Do you interpret that as originally intended or times have changed and therefore you interpret it through a progressive view? You see how stupid you are? No, Katie, here's the point. The Constitution sets forth governing principles 
undergirded by eternal truths. Centralized power equals tyranny. That's a perfect example. Without due process, you have a police state. We want separation of powers. I could go on and on about the various parts of the Constitution and why they're there. And the Constitution was written because these men who wrote it, who adopted it, who ratified it, were quite familiar with thousands of years of human history. They're quite familiar with the revolution they had just fought, eight and a half years of revolution. It was very difficult. It was very costly. They were well-read. And so, Katie, that would be like saying, we're very progressive today. Why do we care what Aristotle said? We're very progressive today. Why do we care what Cicero said? Do you know who I'm talking about, Katie? Maybe you didn't learn that in journalism school. Or did you go to drama school? I don't know where you went. Or any of these great thinkers and so forth on whom our republic is, is based. How about John Locke? You know, Katie, many, many years ago, we had what's called the Enlightenment. Have you heard of the Enlightenment? Many, many years ago, we had what was called Reformation. You familiar with Reformation, Katie? Maybe you're not. These are all very, very important things. And they do not change with the times. It's like building a building. It's got a foundation. Maybe the building was built 20, 30 years ago. You know, Katie, we go around the country and we slap these plaques on these buildings. We call them historic sites. And we say, don't destroy them. We should slap one of those plaques on the Constitution of the United States so maybe you'd get the picture. The point is this, ladies and gentlemen. The brilliance of the Constitution and the principles that undergird it is this. Katie can be or do whatever she wants. MSNBC can be or do whatever it wants. Society can move in a thousand different directions. But the government cannot. The government has limited power. And because the government has limited power, you have unlimited opportunities. The progressive view turns that upside down. The progressive view mandates that you can only fully realize your liberty as an individual if you come in the same conscious of government as the state. You're one and the same. You can call that Marxism, democratic socialism, Hegelism, call it whatever you want. It's totalitarianism. That's the bottom line. And so, Katie, it's the Constitution that protects your ability to go to the Hamptons on the weekends, if you do, to have a show like you do, to speak your limited mind as you do, for us to be a free people. And you know, we are a free people. Despite what the left says, we are a free people. So, it's not the Constitution that changes over time. People can change over time. We as a collective, that is the civil society, what occurs within it can change over time. New technologies and new ways of doing things and new ways of thinking and social media. That's all great. And it's all possible because we have a constitution that sets limits on the government. You see, Katie, in China, they don't have such a thing. In Russia, they don't have such a thing. 
North Korea, they don't have such a thing. In Iran, they don't have such a thing. You're an embarrassment. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You'll never guess my favorite place to sit, unless you've been listening to the show, of course. In my car, never. On the sofa in my living room, I do like it. No, but that's not it. I'm sitting in it right now. It's the desk at my, it's the chair at my desk. My amazing new X chair. You can see it on my Facebook site, too. Mark Levin Show, Facebook. Now, let me tell you about this chair. As you know, I've had a little disc work done on the lower back. They call it the L5, I think. Damn thing slipped, and then it broke into a thousand pieces. The greatest surgeon in the world, he took care of it, but, you know, it still aches from time to time. Especially when I sit in one of those rotten off-the-assembly-line type, one-size-fits-all office chairs. So I said, let me give this X chair a try. And I went to their outlet, to the place where they have them, their warehouse, and I tried them. And I said, that's the one I want right there. And I bought it. And I love it. And they're now a sponsor. The X chair molds itself to my body, giving me ideal posture, when in turn, which in turn gives me more energy, better concentration, more productivity than I ever thought possible. Don't waste another day in that generic chair you've been using. Get an X chair and you'll feel the difference. You know, if, I, you, if you own a small company, as an example, you should get them for the entire office. See how much your employees appreciate them, how productive they become as a result. And here's a special deal just for you, my listeners, because they're only my sponsor. Go to xchairlevin.com right now, xchairlevin.com, get 100 bucks off. That's xchairlevin.com, or you can call them, one 844 for X chair one eight four 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 X chair. Now X chair comes with a thirty day no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. It comes in different colors too. So go to xchair.com right now. Use code Levin. And by the way, if you use code Levin Footrest, I don't know if I'm supposed to still say this, but go ahead. I'll make an executive decision. Code Levin Footrest. You'll also get a free footrest, and I use the footrest with the chair. It's unbelievable. So, xchairlevin.com, code Levin Footrest. You're going to love it. All right, Mr. Producer. Can you give me a caller, please, since I don't have my call screen up right now? Warren, Virginia, the great WMAL, as we like to call it, W Mall. Uh, not really. Warren. Yeah. Joseph. Yeah, Go right good. ahead, my friend. Yeah, I'm a counterintelligence professional. Uh, I'd like to say first that um, stroke is an embarrassment to counterintelligence, the FBI, and the law enforcement community in general. Um, and he's got several. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! He all. says he represents you. No, he doesn't. Not in any way, shape, or form. He's mm-hmm. a complete embarrassment to me and everybody I know. Don't you think most people in your profession would have voted most likely for Trump, not Hillary? No, not necessarily. There are many people who supported both sides. So well, you can't vote for both. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, go right ahead. Uh, I, frankly, he's um, this individual. Stroke was engaged in an illicit relationship with Page, 
Uh, and that's, he's required to report that type of a relationship. Tell everybody why. Nobody. It's a, it's a potential security vulnerability. It Blackmail. It exposes him to potential for coercion by a foreign government, by a foreign mm-hmm. power, uh, based upon that type of relationship. And that can be exploited, frankly, um, to, uh, for recruitment as a human asset, a spy. And it's okay. been done in the past, hasn't it? Absolutely. As, ma- as, a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, some foreign governments have actually, sp- the Russians have done it, the Chinese have done it, others have done it. They try and create relationships like that so they can uh, blackmail certain officials within our government. Right, honeypots. It's a, it's a typical tactic of uh, most of the, the better uh, intelligence services, the more nefarious types. Uh, but his failure to do that, failure to report that vulnerability, is a security violation. Okay? Mm-hmm. Anyone who knew about that relationship and didn't report it is also uh, guilty or has conducted a security violation. And that would include McCabe and the others in the FBI leadership who knew about the relationship, to, in particular the uh, FBI clip uh, of senior leaders who knew about the relationship between him and Page. So they've conducted a security violation themselves. Anybody on the Mueller team conducted a security violation if they were aware of that and did not report that relationship. Well, sir, I appreciate your call. I'd forgotten about that, but you're right. When I was over at the Department of Justice, they uh, they were concerned about such things and would look into such things as well because they are uh, security vulnerable in that respect. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Saturday, by the way, I will be... In Florida, at a campaign event for Ron DeSantis. Now, as you all know, I rarely do campaign events. Um, I'm trying to remember the last one I did. But I rarely do campaign events. But I feel very strongly about this. Ron DeSantis, Alan West, that's who, and he is terrific too. But Ron DeSantis is terrific. And we have a place in uh, Florida near my parents and when we were down here six eight weeks ago whatever it was we were bombarded with these television commercials early on in the republican primary for governor of florida now most of you who listen to this show you know who ron DeSantis is he's solid conservative Uh, he has served his country as a patriot in the military Uh, he is uh, very accomplished went to Harvard Law School, and on these committees, he's just quite brilliant. And also, DeSantis uh, was among those who led the way to push for Jerusalem to be recognized as the capital of Israel and the movement of the uh, of the embassy to Jerusalem. And, and he's not Jewish, he's Christian, but he believes in this very, very strongly. And in so many other ways. 
President Trump supports him, too, and has endorsed him. My buddy Hannity has done the same thing. Dan Bongino. Because his opponent, this fellow by the name of Adam Putnam, has spent millions already on TV commercials. And I wasn't asked to say this. I'm saying it my own. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to you why I'm doing this, because you're like family to me, and I just want you to know. And I, I watch this, and it's a grave injustice from my perspective, because the guy was in the house for years, this guy Putnam. I had never heard of him before. And he accomplished literally nothing. He was part of the leadership under the uh, former Boehner types. I didn't even know that. Then he comes back here to Florida, or he goes to Florida, for the purpose of running for Secretary of Uh, excuse me, Commissioner of Agriculture. That is a big deal in Florida, as it's a big deal in Texas. And when you run for Commissioner of Agriculture, you make a lot of contacts, including with the very powerful sugar industry here. Keep saying here. I mean in Florida. And they are backing him strongly. Now Putnam has been fairly weak on immigration. Now he's running ads about how he agrees with Trump on immigration. He's just your typical rhino who moves to the right to win the primary, then he moves back to the other way to win the general election. The people of Florida better pay attention to this because you're being propagandized. So I'd endorsed Ron DeSantis on my radio program a long time ago, as you well know. He didn't even ask. And then I thought to myself, I need to help him a little bit more if I can. Because it's quite lopsided. All these lobbyists and special interests who rely on the taxpayer and government in many respects to support them. uh, we, We have to do more than talk about these things. But I rarely get involved, you know, to the point where I show up at a campaign event. But this time I decided to do it. So that'll be Saturday. I asked Ron to come on at the bottom of the hour. He also sat on this committee today with this hearing. I want to talk to him about that, but we'll also mention where we'll be in Florida. And I hope all of our buddies in Florida, you have a wonderful opportunity to have a wonderful governor. I hope you'll come to the event, and he'll remind us where it is, because I forget. (laughs) Well, that's the way it is. You know, I often call Chris Cuomo the dumbest of the Cuomos, but I now think he's the second dumbest Cuomo. I think the dumbest Cuomo has to be New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo. And so, officially on this program, I've been calling Chris Cuomo the dumbest Cuomo for years. I think it's Andrew Cuomo. He's the dumbest Cuomo. Chris is a close second. But they're both in the negative IQ territory. So, you may have heard this today. I don't know, but you haven't heard it from me. Andrew Cuomo was in New York yesterday, which is his want. And he made a fascinating statement. Hat tip to right scoop our buddy Brian over there. I want you to listen to this. Cut 16, go, please. Well, now we know we don't, we're not guaranteed of having Roe v. Wade. And the New York law, my friends, does not currently go as far as Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade has the protections that we now rely on in New York. We never passed the New York state law because we relied on Roe v. Wade. And everyone assumed it would always be there, and because the Republicans wouldn't pass it. All right, right, so, so right, right there. 
And he says, first, we never we never changed the law in New York because we had Roe v. Wade and because the Republicans would never pass it. You, you see what I mean, Mr. Producer? The guy's a, an absolute certified idiot. Anyway, go ahead. Excuse. We now need to codify Roe v. Wade, which will actually increase the protections in New York. God forbid they do what they intend to do, which is overturn Roe v. Wade. I want to get it done before the Supreme Court does that, because I don't want any gap in a woman's right to protection. And we have a better legal case when the Supreme Court acts, because I will sue when the Supreme Court acts. And I want the New York state law in place. So if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, he will sue. He will sue whom? The Supreme Court? And what is the final court that will adjudicate that? The Supreme Court? Does this guy have applesauce for a brain or what? Moreover, I want all you pro-partial birth abortion women out there who support it, that is, to listen to me. The likelihood of that being overturned is very small. Even though the Constitution has nothing to do with it. Nothing. Because as I've said, how many weeks now, Mr. Producer? Three, at least. Did a whole show on, a, on this issue of Roe v. Wade on Levin TV last week. Uh... Because, ladies and gentlemen, John Roberts is not going to do it. And neither will uh, Brett Kavanaugh. But John Roberts isn't going to do it. So this is all pablum. This is all demagoguery. This is all intended to upset people who are so in love with abortion on demand. That that's their first, second, and third issue. That's a single-issue voter. Now, if we actually had people who understood this issue who could talk to Andrew Cuomo on camera. We used to call them reporters. That would be useful. Now, they'd have to talk very, very slowly so Andrew could understand them and say to Andrew Cuomo, do you support in the eighth month, the 29th day, taking the baby before it's born, turning it around, turning around in the birth canal so it comes out feet first, pulling the baby out to the shoulders then to the neck, but never allowing the head to leave the birth canal so you can claim it's a fetus and not a baby. And then taking a sharp scissors or sharp instrument and plunging it into the back of the baby's brain, back of his head or hers, and then sucking the brain out. That's partial birth abortion, ladies and gentlemen. Have you heard this discussed on cable TV? No, you haven't. Have you heard it discussed on network TV? No, you haven't. Have you heard it discussed on most radio programs? No, you haven't. Have the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost written about it? No, they haven't. Why? Because they support it. That's why. They've been throwing around this phrase... Nazis and Third Reich, left and right, left and right at the administration. You know what partial birth abortion is? 
Nazis and Third Reich. There, I said it. Does Andrew Cuomo support that? Will anybody ever ask him? Not at the New York Slimes, the Holocaust-denying New York Slimes. They won't do that. By the way, very good decision today in a court, a state court. There's a wonderful legal group out there called the American Freedom Law Center. And I've gotten to know these guys, and they are tough. They are tough. You remember Clock Boy? Late today, the Texas Court of Appeals for the 5th District in Dallas affirmed the trial court's ruling, dismissing in its entirety a defamation lawsuit filed by Mohammed Mohammed. You know, maybe I should change my name, Mr. Producer, to Mark Mark or Levin Levin. It's much easier that way, don't you think? Anyway, filed by Mohammed Mohammed on his own behalf and on behalf of his 15-year-old son, Ahmed Mohammed. Ahmed is better known as Clockboy, you'll remember, for bringing a hoax clock bomb to his Irving, Texas middle school in September 2015, causing a bomb scare that led to his arrest and suspension from school. The motion to dismiss was filed by lawyers from the American Freedom Law Center and local counsel Pete Rowe on behalf of the Center for Security Policy and Jim Hansen, two of the defendants in the defamation case, which also named his defendants Glenn Beck, the local Fox affiliate, Glenn Beck Production Company, and Ben Shapiro. All claims against all defendants were ultimately dismissed. AFLC and Mr. Rowe also represented CSP and Hansen on the appeal. The appeals court not only affirmed the dismissal of Clockboy's daddy's case and Clockboy's case, but it affirmed the award of nearly $200,000 for attorney's fees and costs. Muhammad had sued Hansen and CSP for statements Hansen had made on Beck's program about the connection between the Clockboy hoax bomb affair and the attendant media frenzy created in large part by his father, Muhammad Muhammad, and how this was all part of civilization jihad driven by the Council on American-Islamic Relations, the Muslim Brotherhood Hamas front group in the United States that promotes civilization jihad through lawsuits. I'm reading from the, uh, the Law Center's press release. The Texas Appeals Court specifically ruled that Muhammad had not made out a case for defamation because CSP and Hansen had based their statements in large part on the involvement of CARE, which the court noted, quoting first Shapiro and then Hansen, was an organization that federal government had linked to Islamic terrorist supporters as an unindicted co-conspirator in a terrorism case. And David Yerushalam is just an outstanding lawyer. Terrific. And he led the, uh, the legal side of this case. And the organization is called American Freedom Law Center. And there are, as you could tell, several defendants in this case. But I didn't want them to be lost in all the media fury over this. <clears throat> I just wanted you to know these guys were the point of the spear. I'll be right back. You know, uh, when I was growing up around Philadelphia, 
Philadelphia Phillies had a player, really good player, solid and reliable. And his name was Cookie Rojas. Cookie Rojas. And at some point during his long career with the Philadelphia Phillies, he'd played every position. He once even was a relief pitcher because they ran out of relief pitchers. He did everything. And he did everything well. He wasn't considered a superstar, you know, that sort of thing. And he got paid at that time decent money, but certainly nothing close to what they could pay today. And by the way, he never took a knee either. So during the break, I'm, I'm, I'm watching my favorite cable network, um, Fox, and there's Brian Kilmeade sitting in at 8 p.m. Last week I was watching and he was there on the 5. Plus he does his own Fox and Friends. I thought to myself, Brian Kilmeade is the Cookie Rojas of the Fox News Channel. And by the way, that's a compliment. So I think for now on I'm going to call Brian Cookie. What do you think of that, Mr. Producer? He doesn't sleep. I don't sleep either. But uh, he, uh, and he's sharp and he's funny. Very nice guy. I've gotten to know him. Very, very nice guy. By the way, there is a uh, Muslim Democratic candidate uh, running for office. And uh, let's see, I'm trying to pull this up, but of course I can't. And she calls Israel an apartheid regime. And I think she got the Democrat nomination. Oh, yes, yes. In Minnesota. What is she running for? She's running for Congress. Uh, So uh, Israel is an apartheid regime uh, accusing Israel of evil doings. She's a progressive Democrat. Now, this is going on more and more with these so-called progressives. And, of course, they're not progressives. They self-identify as progressives. Uh, but they use that phrase to basically camouflage who they really are. And it's a, it's, a, it's a very old nomenclature that's been given to that radical left status movement <clears throat> uh, more, than, more than a century ago. Uh, but she's another hater. And let's see... Uh, Earlier, she had tweeted a response to a critic who accused her of anti-Semitism. She said, drawing attention to the apartheid Israeli regime is far from hating Jews. She said to the guy, you're a hateful, sad man. I pray to Allah you get the help you need and find happiness. Well, you know, she said, if a Muslim says something negative about Israel. I'm trying to pull this up. About Israeli government, they must hate Jews. Didn't you get that memo? So there you go. She's a comedy act, too. But this is a problem, actually, that a party is struggling with as it becomes more and more radical. Uh, more and more radical uh, on sort of right up to the Marxist line, and as they embrace more and more individuals of this mentality, there is now a split in the upper ranks of the Democrat Party on what to do about this. It's pretty scary, don't you think? I think it is. And to some extent, this does relate to immigration. When more and more people are coming into this country from all over the world, but particularly uh, the Middle East and so forth, uh, and they are not effectively assimilated into our culture and our society, which has been the big bugaboo as far as I'm concerned when it comes to immigration from day one. 
Uh, many of these folks bring their ideology with them. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's even evil. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Yellow, yellow, yellow. Well, here's what I love about Simply Safe Home Security. These guys obsess over the details. That's why the alarm is so good. Now, here's an example. A typical glass break sensor sometimes gets fooled. It's false positive. Sounds like drop plates or a baby crying. Simply Safe didn't want to settle for typical because really good home security should be really accurate. They actually constructed a glass break test facility. Refining their glass break detection technology until it was so accurate it could distinguish a broken plate from a broken window. This is the level of detail, sophistication, cutting edge technology Simply Safe puts into everything they do. It sets them apart from other security companies. Simply Safe system is designed so you'll never notice it, never have to think about it. It's that easy and intuitive. There's no contract, there's no wires. They work hard to earn your business. 24 7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch, just $15 a month. It's the best around-the-clock protection you can find anywhere. Protect your family. Protect your home today with Simply Safe. Go to simplysafemark.com right now. That's simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. You know, there's only a few bright lights out there in politics as far as I'm concerned, especially on Capitol Hill. One of them is Ron DeSantis, and I've been watching Ron DeSantis for years now. So have you. He's been a, uh, a wonderful guest on this program from time to time, and I consider him a friend. How are you, Ron DeSantis? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Now, a couple of quick things here. First of all, my wife and I are going to see your wife and you on Saturday. Tell everybody all through the state of Florida where we're going to be. We are going to be having an afternoon with Mark Levin uh, to benefit Ron DeSantis for governor campaign. It's going to be 4 o'clock on Saturday at the Trump Jupiter, uh, Trump National Jupiter, Florida. So we've already got a huge number of people RSVP'd. Uh, if you go to my Facebook page, uh, Ron DeSantis Campaign Facebook, you can sign up and RSVP. It's a very, very popular event, as you'd expect, with, uh, with Mark coming down there. So we're looking, we're looking forward to it. What time is it? 4 p.m. on Saturday. Okay, and we'll put it on my social sites. I own my social sites, by the way. People say, well, what about, uh, you know, that?" no, they're my social sites. So let's put it up on my social sites, Mr. Producer, as well. All right, Ron DeSantis. And by the way, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time. So you folks out there got something to do, just push it aside to Sunday or next weekend. This is very, very important. I want to meet and greet every single one of you. That's what I do. Uh, with our great Congressman Ron DeSantis, who I hope will be the Republican nominee for governor. Congressman DeSantis, um, I watched a good part of this hearing today. I thought the Republicans were asking legitimate questions based on uh, evidence that you had acquired and very uh, difficult processes you had to go through to get any evidence. And I found Mr. Stroke to be uh, very condescending, very evasive, 
But more than that, the Democrats on the committee were doing everything humanly possible to disrupt that hearing, to interrupt questioners, particularly when they're getting down to the nub of the matter. What was your take on this? I was just shocked at the Democrats' behavior. They were running interference for Strzok. They were doing all they can to prevent uh, the truth from coming out. And you even had one member on the Judiciary Committee, Democrat member, that said because Strzok had to sit there and answer tough questions that he deserved a purple heart. Uh, which is just outrageous uh, to to try to say something like that. So I thought their actions were disgraceful. I thought Strzok came off as a smug, arrogant, and I think his answers were just not credible. I mean, when he's asked about these infamous text messages where Lisa Page is asking him, Trump's not going to be president, right, right? And he says, no, no, he's not. We'll stop it. Uh, and he's asked about that. He says, well, I just, well, first he says, I don't remember sending it. But then he'll give a, a rationalization and he'll say, well, you know, look, I just think we, meaning the American people, would not elect him and all this stuff. The inspector general didn't find any of his explanations credible. And I think the American people saw today that his explanations for the text messages uh, were simply unbelievable. It's interesting. The Democrats had up to this point admitted that his text messages showed bias. They just said, well, but he he was just doing his job. It didn't affect his work. Strzok says that he never showed any bias at all. He was denying that the text messages showed bias. And so he's really a piece of work. We did get some new information. I mean, he admitted that the dossier came, this the infamous Steele dossier, which was funded by the Democratic Party, was not a legitimate intelligence document, but that was funneled into the FBI uh, through Bruce Orr at the Justice Department. Now let's stop right there. Bruce Orr at the Justice Department was on the staff of the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, and his wife was working for this Fusion GPS, working specifically on the dossier. Am I correct? That's correct. Nellie Orr was his wife, and she was working with Glenn Simpson, and she was working with Christopher Steele. So you basically had a pipeline where Steele is is compiling these reports that later became the dossier. Uh, He's giving it to Nellie uh, Nellie, uh, Orr and Glenn Simpson, and then they're giving it to Bruce Orr, and then Orr is getting it into the bowels of the FBI, which was fueling the counterintelligence investigation targeting Trump's campaign. So it's, it's, it's astounding that you would have activated the government's vast and powerful counterintelligence poli- uh, powers uh, based at, in large part uh, off what's effectively cheap political opposition research. Now, what was interesting about that question, you're right, that was new and very, very crucial information. I believe Jim Jordan was asking the questions and pressing this point. And then as soon you can see, there he was. He was digging in and then point of order, point of order. They're screaming at the top of their lungs and they're interfering and so forth and so on. I have to say, uh, Congressman DeSantis, I have never really seen the Democrat Party conduct itself this way. I don't think they represent the vast majority of Americans who are Democrats, who want the FBI to do well, who want the FBI to follow the law and don't want the FBI to interfere in election. Do you agree with me? I, I think you're right. I think they've gone so far off the reservation. Uh, they're just not behaving like adults. And um, so part of it is that they've, they've gone far to the left, but part of it is just that their behavior is really juvenile, and I thought it was an embarrassment. Now, uh, if you're governor, you're going to have a few uh, nominations to, the, to your state Supreme Court. And we remember what happened to the Florida Supreme Court in 2000. Uh, it was quite the disaster, quite frankly. Uh, and I've actually I actually wrote about it in Men in Black about the 2000 election. Now, that said, you, too, 
if you're governor, will have appointments to make. You see the attacks on Kavanaugh. I'm not really asking your opinion on Kavanaugh. You won't have a vote on that. I have some questions about him. But all in all, I, I think, I hope he gets through. That said, what kind of a, what, what would you be looking for? Well, I think there's three main things. One is you have to have a philosophy that's rooted in the original understanding of the Constitution. You have to be a textualist and understand the proper role of the courts are to apply the law, not to rewrite it. Uh, you also have to be able to explain those principles in a compelling way, like we see with the late Justice Scalia. And then the third thing is, and I think the one person on the court now that has it in spades is Justice Thomas, is you've got to be fearless. You've got to have backbone. Uh, because the legal intelligentsia, the legal profession, the media, you know, they want liberal judicial activism. They want judicial legislating. And if you're actually applying the Constitution faithfully, you're going to butt heads with them. People like Scalia and Thomas, they reveled in that. They didn't care what the Washington Post wrote about them. Uh, and I think you need that in a judge. And so, you know, look, Kavanaugh, I think the first two, he's God. He, he understands the Constitution. He's a brilliant writer, and, and I think he's super smart. Whether he has the strong Thomas-like spine of steel, I don't know the answer to that question. And, Mark, I think we probably won't know until he gets on the court and has some tough cases put in front of him. Well, I think even the conservatives on the committee, unlike the left that will go nuts and demand that he embrace every one of their goofball positions, I think the conservatives on the committee at least need to ask him specific questions about his approach to Obamacare and his uh, legal reasoning and things like that. We have a right to ask questions, too, not to sabotage him, but so we know who he is, right? Without question. And these are uh, important nominations. Uh, we know if Republican presidents had done better job since the 50s with Eisenhower, we would not have had half the problems we've seen with the courts. I mean, you know, there have been Republican presidents that put a lot of bad judges on. I don't think Kavanaugh's in the uh, a suit or anything, but... Doing due diligence, I think, is very important, and there's a lot of great constitutionalists on the Senate Judiciary Committee like Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, and they know what to, to ask. And, um, look, I think Kavanaugh is an impressive guy, but he should have to answer those questions, yes. absolutely. I mean, it is a lifetime appointment. It's a whole other branch of government, and it's incredibly powerful. Uh, so let me ask you this. Uh, you're running against a guy, Putnam, and uh, I see more of his commercials when I'm in Florida. Now he pretends to be a guy who really believes in immigration enforcement like Donald Trump. That wasn't his position before, was it? No, not at all. In fact, when he was in the Congress, he was the only Republican in Florida's whole delegation to vote with Nancy Pelosi and Maxine Waters against allowing the military to help secure the southern border. Uh, when he was Ag Commissioner, he endorsed the Schumer-Obama gang of eight immigration amnesty the biggest amnesty in history i helped kill that in the house because it was such a disastrous bill um and then even as ag commissioner he helped kill e-verify in florida and as you know mark e-verify all you have to do just make sure people are here legally for employment and if you did that that's the number one thing you can do to reduce illegal immigration but he sided against the taxpayers of florida against the people who want rule of law in florida and really against blue-collar workers in florida because his donors want cheap foreign labor and that would be among others the sugar industry without question he is the poster boy for big sugar uh... they've poured millions and millions of dollars directly and indirectly into his campaign and they fund five, they funded five point one million dollars in fake news attacks against me um, since April. Now the good news about that 
is that coming off our debate, coming off me being on the air with ads and the president tweeting against uh, for me again, we're up in all the polls. So none of those attacks worked. We've got huge momentum, um, and I think we've, we have a lead that we're not going to relinquish going forward. Well, if people in Florida or conservatives and constitutionalists all over the country want to support you, where do they go? Just go to my website. It's just rondesantis.com, rondesantis.com. Uh, we've gotten more small-dollar donations than probably anyone running for governor as a Republican. Uh, we're doing really well with that, and obviously we could use everybody's support uh, going up against uh, an establishment-backed um, you know, candidate. All right. Well, I'll see you and uh, your lovely bride. My wife and I will see you. And I believe Dan, my buddy Dan Bongino is going to be there, too, right? We're going to have Bongino, and I think we're going to have Matt Gates too. So it's going to be a good, uh, a, g- a good flurry of us and 4 p.m. on Saturday. And I think it's going to be a really, really big event. And we look forward to uh, welcoming Mark to his second home in the state of Florida. Now, remind everybody again where it is. It's at Trump National Jupiter Golf Club. Okay, 4 p.m. All right, my brother. God bless you. See you then. Thanks, Mark. Take care. All right. You too. I really like this gentleman, and I'd love him to be governor of Florida, and I think he could even go further than that. But, you know, one step at a time. And I know you Levinites out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We need our farm team, too. And this guy is is, is just uh, an incredible prospect. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. and I are going to be heading out to California to see uh, the kids and grandkids in September, also doing an event with our friends at KRLA. I'm not even allowed to talk about this yet. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Our wonderful affiliate, KRLA. We do great in Los Angeles, by the way. We're like a powerhouse. We be KEIB. We be KABC. Are you kidding me, man? All right. Nobody cares. All right, that's fine. You know, it's no secret that I love my Casper mattress. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. It's made falling into bed a whole new experience. Get it, Casper, and you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress. It's the Internet's, too. I mean, we have, I told you before, six of them. Six Casper mattresses plus two more. One for Barney and one for Marty, our dogs. Now, Casper has three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortably year-round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the essential is innovation at a great price point. All mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort your every move, and they do. Plus, they provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me, like my family. Now, try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and return. You know, Mark, I kind of like my mattress. Lean it up against the wall and get your Casper. You'll like my mattress more. Go to Casper.com slash Mark. Use code Mark. And you'll save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. 
That's Casper.com slash Mark. Then use code Mark to save 50 bucks. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Casper.com slash Mark code Mark. Okay, let us go to Joel. Houston, Texas, our great affiliate there, KTRH. Go. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, you know, it just seems to me that since the FBI is part of the Department of Justice, they ought to hold them to the same standards they hold attorneys to. American Bar Association says they have to avoid the appearance of impropriety. It's not just a FBI ethics thing. It's, it's broader than that. And I, I just think this guy... But let, but let me tell you this. He's not yeah. an attorney, but you're on a good point. The Justice Department ethics rules, Section 14, Item 14, require you to avoid the appearance of a conflict, the appearance of a bias, and so forth and so on. You're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Like I, say, I, just, I, mean, I, I mean, you're in the justice system, right? You're not an advocate. You got defense lawyers, you got prosecutors, you got witnesses, you got this and that. Uh, but when it comes to the justice system, the investigation, the adjudication, uh, we expect people to have equal justice, fair justice, actual justice. That's right. All right, my friend. You can tell he's an attorney. Can you tell he's an attorney? Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great W. Mall. Go. Hi, Mark. One of the things that I noticed in today's testimony is that they made such a mockery of the whole procedure, and I'm referring to the Democrats. And what they do is it, they're so destructive because they want to dishearten the people at large. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all have to keep our heads high and um, continue to support people like Ron DeSantis and do the heavy Don, lifting. Donna, you know what they did? They infuriated and hence invigorated people like you and me in the vast audience here. That's what the Democrats did. did today. Yeah, especially with that purple heart comment that I couldn't believe came out of that Democrat's mouth. And you that- notice they didn't jump up and down the Democrats. That didn't offend their uh, their moral sensitivities. Oh, it was so outrageous, Mark. And the other thing was that really got to me is they were all kind of singing from the same sheet music, the, mm-hmm. the ridiculous Russian collusion. But we never hear about Uranium One and, you know, the Iran. How about uh, Obama? How about yeah. the Russians? The Russians did interfere with our elections. They didn't have an effect on it, but they interfered on it. On the Democrats, watch. Where the hell were the Democrats? Good question. And you know what? They're behind it all, and we all know it. But uh, they're playing their games. And, and you know what? We, we've got a big spine. We can take it. We've got a Donna, spine. we love you. we got to go. I'm sorry. You take care of yourself. Donna's a great caller. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We had all great callers tonight, and we have a great audience, the smartest in radio, and I want to thank you all. I'll see you here tomorrow, okay? Right here, same place, same time. God bless. God bless.